Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillo bile is a powerful panacea and has a variety of medicinal purposes, but armadillos guard their bile jealously? That's why, if you want to collect armadillo bile, you have to say something really nasty to make it hork. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that. For more armadillo-related facts to unlock bonus content and find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. Jeff Lake currently seeking representation. <laughs> Hello there, you're listening to Muggles with Attitude. We are reading J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of novels, but today is a special episode because we're reviewing the fourth movie in the Harry Potter series, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Previously, Harry returns triumphant to Hogwarts, where Dumbledore foils his attempt on the life of his latest dark arts professor. I can only guess that Harry was stuck puzzling out whether it was still counting as a dark arts professor if it's a person posing as a dark arts professor, but that person does end up teaching dark arts for an entire school year. Either way, Dumbledore steps in and unmasks the fake Moody, revealing Barty Crouch, the one who was supposed to be dead, not the one who's actually dead. They drug him up, and he reveals a tremendously convoluted and somewhat stupid plot, and Harry is whisked away to his favorite hospital bed. So now Voldemort's back, uh, Fudge is in denial, and Dumbledore is rallying his forces, presumably for some sort of government coup. And Harry's going back to the Dursleys, because that's what he does at the end of every book. I mean, I don't know. I can't think of any other reason for it. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's like, all rules are off now. I'm going to go kill the Dursleys. <laughs> <laughs> Next on my list. <laughs> well, uh, I felt like the movie started out really strongly. It was very true to the book. You had the creepy riddle house and Frank Bryce, the caretaker. I thought it was a really good beginning. Yeah, you're right. Um, the, the That intro scene was was pretty pretty true to the book and, and very like eerie and gothic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. weird it started out so strong because I feel like it deviated from the book very quickly and very significantly in a lot of ways. In fact, immediately after that scene, they they skip all the Dursley stuff. They skip the part with like the tongue and the apparating into the fireplace and and everything. They they jump to inexplicably to the Weasley's house, I guess, right? Where where Harry and Hermione just are. Yeah, for some reason. Mm-hmm. Harry's sleeping there and Hermione wakes him up mm-hmm. from his uh, Voldemort dream. Yeah, it struck me how how faithful the movie was and also how incredibly jam-packed it was with stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, we just watched it. It's two and a half hours long, but it, it felt like it was five hours long. <laughs> There's so much stuff going on in this movie. Yeah. yes, And, and still, they cut out a bunch of crap from the book. Uh, see, I feel like it did the same thing that it, they did, with, and, and this is probably a complaint you can make of literally any movie made from a book. Uh, I do not agree with the, the choices they made about what, what was worth screen time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they they cut out huge swaths at the beginning, and they spent this a weirdly long scene with uh, Ron dancing with uh, McGonagall for some reason. That was, like, out of nowhere, you know? Yeah, like you the, know, I, I've complained about being tired of Quidditch, but I was actually kind of into that World Cup Quidditch match. 
you know, when the Ireland team comes rocketing in and the Bulgarian team, raw, and then they just cut. Yeah, it looked fucking amazing. The stadium looked incredible. All yeah. the opening stuff looked incredible. And oh, then you that, get nothing. The, the wizard tent. Yeah. It's super cool. That yeah. little, little wizard tent. But yeah. And then they spent like no time on it. They didn't even tell us what happened. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I know that... I know that in the previous movies I complained about how much Quidditch screen time they had, but this is like the one time when I was like, I really wanted to see that Quidditch match. <laughs> yeah. At least some of it. But they had to get to the rest of the movie because that Quidditch match has nothing to do with anything else that happens in the movies. That is true. That is true. Uh, but I guess from there they they jump straight to the uh, the Death Eaters attacking the camp, and except I guess Harry just passes out. At the beginning of that, that, yeah. that scene. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very different from the way it was described in the books. Like, Harry passes out and then he wakes up and it's like a wasteland now for some reason. Like, there's nobody left. Everybody just kind of yeah, disappeared. right. That all those tents got burned somehow. Was all left, of them. He was, was laying like, there in the tent fire. Yeah. Like a blasted wasteland. <laughs> and then David Tennant shows up. So, you know, we see that it's either his character or Doctor Who in a different it's probably, it's probably, or something. Probably, probably the Doctor. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Doctor. And he shows up and does a dark mark. So, like, we even know who he is, which was a very big difference from the book. Yeah, we see his face, but we don't know who that character is until later in the movie, right? Yeah, but there's not that huge reveal. There's no, like, big reveal at the end at all. Yeah, Yeah. I I would say, you know, in in the book, the whole thing is structured sort of like a mystery that is sort of, you know, unraveling a bit. But in in the movie, they just... Kind of toss all that out, you know? Yeah. Like, you know that he's the one who did the, the, the what's it, the, oh, man, no, no, I can't remember what it's called, the Mors Mortar, mm-hmm. whatever, Mors the Mors Mortar, the, the dark thing. You know it was him. Uh, Winky isn't even in the movie. Mm-hmm. In fact, there are no house elves in the movie, which is interesting since that was a major story arc in the book with the whole house elves Oh, yeah, liberation. Hermione and Spew and all that stuff is gone. Just out. Yeah, completely mm-hmm. out. Yeah, I figured they just did not want to touch that. I know. Yeah, that's it's... <laughs> That's a pretty dark mark on the books. <laughs> the, and also, I imagine it'd be expensive to animate the. Yeah, so they gave elves. Dobby's role in the books to uh, what's it, to <laughs> Neville Longbottom. <laughs> Basically, the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Aww. Uh, the locations were really beautiful. Oh yeah. man. I I had a weird thought about this movie. I think it's the best directed movie so far of the Harry Potter movies. But also, it didn't make any sense if you hadn't already read the book. I was thinking mm-hmm. the same thing. I was like, "Is this, like?" It's hard for me to to say for sure, but it, I, I suspect if you hadn't read the book, this movie would be nearly incomprehensible. Like, yeah. they, ju- they they include major beats from the book, but they don't connect them really. It just kind of happens. Yeah, and there's like occasionally they'll have a line that, that mentions something that if you're and they're they're speaking in English accents, so who, if you're not listening really carefully, you wouldn't even get that explan- explanatory line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess they figure by that time, pretty much, like, who would be going to see the movie who wasn't familiar with the story, I guess. It was very mainstream, though. I bet yeah. a lot of people wouldn't saw it without having read the book. You probably did, Jeff, right? I mean, did you go see No, I didn't see it. You didn't see movies. this movie? Okay. I'm, you didn't see I'm a grown-up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought for some reason you'd actually seen a movie or two. But... Uh, I, no, none Jeff's of them. never seen movies, yeah. ever. Yeah. Any movies. Life. <laughs> yeah. This was what his is, first time. What is this portal? Who are these people? Can they hear me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we couldn't get Jeff to stop talking at the screen because he thought the camera yeah. was really Look out, Harry, he's right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> well, why aren't they listening? Why aren't they, why aren't they listening, Alice? <laughs> uh, but they're, they're individual scenes that I thought were great. 
Yeah, you like know? what? Well, like, I thought the dancing scene with McGonagall was really funny. You know, I, I, basically that whole section of the movie where Harry and Ron are, like, trying and failing to find a date mm-hmm. was kind of excruciating in a very enjoyable way because they, they, it was really believable, this kind of teen awkwardness. They got the angst down, for sure. I yeah. would say they leaned into it. It was maybe even more angsty than the book. And the book had a lot of angst in it. I, I think just because you could experience, like, I was having a visceral reaction to some of yeah, it. Yeah, like, the way awful. he... You know, he walks up, they, they walk up to this group of girls, and the girls all give him, like, the stink eye, and, he's like, <laughs> oh, and they walk away. Mm-hmm. It was all really well shot, and it was really funny to watch. That scene stands on its own. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, and at the dance, when they're, uh, when, when McGonagall approaches him and said, oh, yeah, everyone here, you're supposed to lead this dance, and Harry's like, the what? what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like, well, Whoa. now you know. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> And also, it ended very realistically with girls crying on the stairs, because pretty much every single middle school dance ends with girls crying, usually in the bathroom, but I guess on the stairs works too. I don't well, think the bathrooms are haunted here, so they use the stairs. <laughs> That's a good point. There's, there's moaning Myrtle in there. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that, I thought the, uh, the underwater scene where he swims around was pretty good. It looked cool. Yeah, it was pretty well done. But if you hadn't read the books, like... What the hell is going on? Oh, he's got gills and he's swimming around? Yeah, yeah, and like, they don't explain why, I don't think they ever explained why those four people were down there, right? Like, we're to assume that that's why they're there, but... They didn't. Yeah, they just said we took... Something precious. We took something precious to you, but they didn't know beforehand when they jumped in the water. Nobody had ever told them that it was their friends. Yeah. yeah. There so was, they got down there, and it's the corpse-like visages of their closest friends. <laughs> like, like there was no way for Harry to know that he was supposed to take Ron, right? Well, yeah, it could have been. It could have been Ron. It could have been Hermione. It could have been Cho Chang. Yeah. The only one it couldn't have been is Fleur's little sister, who he ended up taking anyway. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> I'm taking them all. <laughs> yeah. I felt cheated at times. Like we didn't get the Quidditch thing. The dragon one was weird. I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of lame. It's just sort of a CGI. Yeah. It, it actually reminded me of the Quidditch games from the first movie or whatever. It's just kind of boring CGI, camera swooping around thing. Yeah, chasing yeah. you around the exterior of the castle. That was a really interesting choice because the, I feel like the the action in the book would have been really good for, would have been really cinematic, you know? Yeah. They could have taken what they did in the book and, and just yeah, been just, true to just it. just did that. Yeah, yeah like a gladiator awesome. pit. It would have looked great. Yeah, but yeah. instead they have this thing where he's like, at first he doesn't even summon his wand. He's just like rolling around and right, not yeah. doing particularly well against the dragon. Yeah, and he gets his special effects. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and yeah, then, then they, I guess he gets his broom and then for a while he's doing it, but then doesn't go particularly well either. I don't know. Yeah, it's just a... Yeah, well, he doesn't even like really beat the dragon like they both run into a wall and just the dragon dies <laughs> right in right that the that dragon is, died i mean it fell into that cliff and it didn't come out oh shit <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. you know they, they later in the movie ron refers to him as a dragon slayer <laughs> oh, that's right? a good point <laughs> you slay dragons uh yeah i guess you did, didn't i, I mean, know dragon right? but sure they, they didn't actually mention in the movie what the other champions did but I get. I wish there was a scene where they were like, and then and Harry Potter just killed it. <laughs> wow! All you I mean, had to you didn't do was take ki- an egg. Yeah, you, you could have just gotten the egg. You didn't have to kill the dragon. Yeah, you could like it's not even a real egg. <laughs> Harry's like, that's just how I do. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You come at the king, you best not miss. <laughs> uh, the other thing, uh, the scene that I really liked, that I think was much improved in the movie, was when the other schools showed up. 
which for some reason they made the Bobatons all girls and the Durmstrang all boys. It's weird. I love their outfits, and they showed up and they did they did a little dance to introduce themselves. Oh yeah, that's pretty. So, so the the whole <laughs> ship and the, like the the carriage thing was like downplayed, but yeah, instead they had this like this presenting themselves in the hall kind of thing. It was kind of fun. The with the well, the Durmstrang one was cool. I thought. Yeah, the Durmstrang one was yeah. cool because they're swinging batons and there's like fire and I think at one point they only like breathe dragon fire or something like that it's or only, something. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess the, uh, the Bobatons just like sigh a bunch because they're like girls in French or whatever. Because they did a little dance, you know, like they did a little spin, like oh hi. And they had a they had a fucking acrobat there too. Remember, the girl who just had to like. Who is not in the movie ever again. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, this random person wearing a leotard was dancing with him. Like, and that was it. Not even, not, it wasn't even Fleur, or like one of the main characters. Just like some random, I'm not even sure it was a that's, witch. That's the Beau Baton dancer. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought uh, Madame Maxime, Maxime? Maxime. Yeah. Was, uh, was kind of cool. They did a good job with her, and she was taller than Hagrid, which was kind of fun, you know? Yeah. She was like really tall, you know? She's yeah. Very I, looked, large I looked her up. She's a, she's a, Pretty well-known stage actress. Really? Mm-hmm. In, in England. Oh. Yeah. She's been yep. around for a long time. All the actors they continue to kill it in these movies. All the adult actors, yeah. Yeah, all the adult actors. <laughs> yeah. They're just great. They're so well cast. They're so much fun to watch. They're, they seem like they're having a good time with these really silly parts. I Absolutely. really want them to do a movie that's just like the teachers in the teacher's lounge. I want to hear... McGonagall <laughs> bitching about the students Whoa. or whatever, and like Snape talking about his curriculum. They can't. Why not? Because I want it instead. Oh. Yeah. Sad. Way to bring it down. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He was—he's such a good Snape, though. Oh my God, he's great. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's God. like he was—he only had like five lines in this whole movie, right? Yeah, but he like nailed every single one. Yeah, it was one. so much presence. Yeah. 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 And they see. took away his great scene at the end though uh, in the books when he confronts Fudge. He didn't get to do that which was a bummer when he's like, yeah, Voldemort's back. We missed that whole scene which yeah, is that, like a major part of the, the books. The whole thing with the politics yeah. where Fudge is like, no, I don't believe it. And I'm, and I'm, and we're here in the scene, you and me, Dumbledore, we're setting up the drama for the next book. Yeah. Didn't happen. It just didn't happen. No, not at all. He probably, it's a huge thing. The director probably thought they weren't going to make another movie. <laughs> it's like it's a like, Harry Potter will never last. <laughs> it's like, we probably won't get a sequel out of this what, one. like kids doing spells with wands and stuff? <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I also noticed they downplayed all of the... Weasley crime syndicate stuff, which I was really disappointed about. You know, yeah, they didn't even get to go in the top box in this one. They, they were just had regular. They seats. didn't do their jokes. Their uh, their joke shop. Yeah, we didn't find anything about the oh, joke that's shop. That's right. The joke shop isn't even in this. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're complaining about all the stuff they took out, but still, the movie was jam packed. Yeah, yeah I, I, I I still maintain that they jam packed it with some of the wrong things. I, I don't know. I mean, it, maybe it's impossible to make the the movie that I would want that book to be. Uh, maybe it's just not possible to do it. But, what would you have taken out? Uh, like I said, there was there were there were some weird like awkward like jokey scenes that that I think didn't necessarily add to the plot. Um, there were probably like half a dozen of those, and I probably would have shortened a lot of the scenes that they they kept rather long. I think I think they could have moved through more of the beats of the the book in an effective way uh, rather than having like long drawn out. You know, filler yeah, scenes. They have to cut out a lot of stuff, I think. 
Yeah. I think they fucked with the characterization. That was what bothered me. Like, I did not like the new Dumbledore. He was so dramatic and lame in a lot of ways. And, like, at the very end, like, one of my favorite parts in the entire Harry Potter series, it was disappointing because they, because this go-round, they just had Dumbledore, like, sitting back in his chair and, like, thinking about what he was going to say. And then he gave the speech and it was way lamer than the one that was written. Yeah, the, the speech in the book was 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 kind of perfect and I'm yeah. not sure why they bothered to change it. I don't know. Like they I just they missed an opportunity to make it deeper, I guess. And like another example of that is how in the last task Harry and um Cedric are like tussling and wrestling over each other to get to the cup, which is not the way it happened at all. They like helped each other out. Yeah, yeah. they totally broed out together. Yeah, so they diminished it. And that's what made it so uh honestly powerful. When Cedix dies in the next scene. Yeah. And they also had Draco got stuffed down Crab's pants as a ferret, which was Yeah, weird. and we never saw him again, so I guess that's where he lives now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did he ever get unferreted? Yeah, do we see we barely saw Draco in this movie. Yeah, he was he was just there to be a jerk to them at the Quidditch World Cup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, going back to Dumbledore, um, I think the biggest thing for me is that they, like, Dumbledore is always this balance between, like, wisdom and whimsy. Mm -hmm. And he just, like, cut out the whimsy part. Yeah. Like, he was serious. Like, there was a point you you pointed out, Alice, uh, when we were actually watching it, where there's a scene where, oh, it's right after Harry gets selected by the cup. Mm -hmm. And in the book, it says, like, Dumbledore calmly says to Harry something like, Like, did you do it? You mm -hmm. know? And Harry's like, no. And he's like, okay. But in the in the movie, he's like screaming in his face. Did you do it, Harry? What did you? It was just like, what the fuck is happening? Here? Yeah, it's like a meme now. Harry, did you put your name in the goblet of fire? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, everything in the movie is super amped up from where the book arrived, mm-hmm. which it didn't need. I'm not sure because yeah. I thought the previous movie was a little dull in a lot of the scenes. Yeah, right. I mean, just just having more energy in the scene would have improved that movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just having a little bit more jokes, more color, more, like, action, and more lively camera moves. And this movie had all that stuff. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was, gr- it had a... I, mean, I, I agree with you about Dumbledore being, like, pretty, pretty, a uh, pretty dumb character in this movie. But. Mm-hmm. I feel like they grayed the movie out a lot. Like, I, uh, I believe a lot of it... The, the interesting characters in the book had like really like fun like colorful outfits. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like shades of gray. The castle was shades of gray. There were a couple of scenes where you know it was a a, a feast or or an event where things were lit up, but most of the scenes were very dark and and uh, really kind of monochromatic. Yeah, I actually thought the opposite. My memory of the previous movies was that they were pretty gray, and this movie I thought was very colorful. Hmm. You know, they had the the Bobatons running around in their blue outfits and the Durmstrang running around in their red like. Fire Nation outfits, <laughs> and uh, I, you know, though I thought the scenes were all lit, like in you know orange and blue, like the colors that movies are made of. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's that was my read on it. Interesting. It, it it to me it felt like almost like a like Gotham or something. You know, it's really? like this is a Batman movie where we're just like seeing lots of like gray castle and stuff like that. So I don't know. Huh. There there are definitely I would say that there are definitely uh, beats where like it's intentionally really like colorful, but to me, most of the movie felt kind of, you know, interesting. Oatmeal, I guess. Um, I thought so. Voldemort finally showed up. Yep. And uh, you know, the guy's a good actor. Did yeah, he is. Ralph Fiennes is mm-hmm. solid. The, Voldemort. the scenes don't give him a whole lot to do besides, you know, 
sneer and, and rant and be evil, but you know, he's fine. Yeah, the the scene in the the graveyard, he was very sinister. He nailed the the evil presence thing pretty well, I'd say. Although this the graveyard scene was a little a little weird too. I'm trying to figure out why I f- it felt so flat to me. Yeah, because it's such a creepy, exciting scene in the book, and then in here it just I don't know it was weird. I don't know what it was, but it didn't do it for me. It, uh, it was, I think it was compressed too much. There's a whole lot of dread in the book scene mm-hmm. because you've got Wormtail and he ties Harry up and then he goes through this whole ritual and it takes you know several pages. Mm-hmm. But in this, it happened in like 30 seconds. Wormtail's yeah. like, okay, got this, cut my hand off, take care of his blood, boom, done. Here's Voldemort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think actually you're right, Jeff. I think that uh, that scene was, if you think about it, that whole scene was probably what five minutes, maybe ten. It was. It, it went real fast. There were a lot of really aggressive cuts in the movie because I think they're cramming so much stuff into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so too. Um, I do like how they emphasize Neville Longbottom more, mm-hmm. and I am I am becoming a Neville Longbottom fan. Did you notice that in the dance scene, he's the first one to stand up to dance? Yeah, he is. And then he's like practicing dancing later, and then you see him after the dance party, and he's like all tuckered out from dancing because. Because, like, fuck your drama, kids. Just dance. It's a dance. Yeah. Neville Longbottom got out there and danced. You know what? He was dancing with Ginny the whole time. And, I mean, you know, we don't even know what ended up happening there. <laughs> you know, like... Nothing. She's 13. Well, I mean, he's only a year older. And, like, he probably just didn't say anything because he doesn't want Harry Potter to kill him. <laughs> That's true. But he, Neville Longbottom knows what's up. He's been around, you know? <laughs> Shit, if I sleep with his best friend's little sister, fuck. <laughs> Nothing yeah. happened. I danced. It was great. <laughs> yeah, you know who had a terrible time at the dance is Harry and Ron and their dates, but everyone else. Yeah, really it had seemed a great like time. literally everybody else had a really good time. I liked the dance scene. I thought it was I thought it was sweetly romantic. Yeah, it was good. Throwing Hermione up in the air. I'm surprised they don't have a dance every year at the school because it seems like everybody's really into it. I know it sounds awesome. I think the uh, the bath scene is a thousand percent creepier in the movie than it was in the book. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, I don't know what they were doing with with Moaning Myrtle, but she was like, like grinding up on him or something. Yeah, she kept trying to peek through the bubbles to see his penis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yes, his young boy penis because he's like fourteen, thirteen. Yeah, Dan- yeah. Daniel Radcliffe was very obviously trying to keep her from being able to see his penis. Like, it was very, <laughs> yeah. very obvious. That was, that was the joke in the scene, right? Yeah, There's that was no the other entire there, scene. Right? Yeah. yeah, that this a, a older ghost is trying to look at his junk. So I, the entire I would time. have loved to have heard the direction for that one. <laughs> All right, Dan. Don't let her look at your dick. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah, he's like, okay, Moaning Myrtle, like, all right, just be, like, really creepy. Just get on, to, lean on his shoulder, get as close to him as you can. Okay, Daniel Radcliffe, just... Try and look uncomfortable. Okay, yeah, good. You're nailing it. <laughs> Perfect. Just well, like that. Also, because the actress was about 40, I think it was, when yeah. she filmed this, and he was 15, maybe? 16? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Daniel, you're really pulling off that uncomfortable look so well. You're, you're a brilliant actor. <laughs> uh, so you, in, the mermaid was animated, too. And the mermaid, do you think the mermaid was, like, into what she was watching? Or was she creeped out like the audience was? <laughs> it's it's hard to say. I mean, how sentient is... Don't, don't portraits and pictures have varying amounts of sentience? Like, where does a stained glass fit in with that? Because photographs are not sentient, right? Or generally... I mean, they can, like... There have been times when, like, they somebody hasn't wanted to be photographed, so they, like, hide 
like there was a scene where Harry, there was a picture of Harry and Harry didn't want to be taken. So in the picture, it shows him like somebody's trying to drag him into the frame. I see. Yeah. That's about all there is. There was also no conclusion to the Rita Skeeter bit. Yeah. Yes. Actually, that was right. a, something I put, made a note about because Rita Skeeter was actually pretty good in the movie. Yeah. Like the way that she did her character, I think was yeah, actually was great. pretty, pretty true to the character, but she was in one scene? Like two, because she came into the tent and took a picture of Harry and Hermione hugging. That's right. Yeah. So. But they didn't really go into everybody making fun of Hermione because of the, the lover's article that Rita Skeeter wrote about her. And then there was no more Rita Skeeter. Yeah. I. Which is a bummer because I think, I, well, if the, if you ask me what, what I might cut, I think I might cut that arc because the way that they did it in the movie, is, it doesn't make any sense, right? Like they have the, the, the intro thing, I guess, which, which sort of leads to Ron and Harry and they're falling out, though not necessarily important. And then they do the thing with uh, Hermione and Victor, which happens long before Hermione and Victor actually get together, so it doesn't make any sense. I, I mean, as much as I liked Rita Skeeter in the movie, that might be something that they could have left out yeah. since they didn't actually do any of it. I thought it was interesting what they did with Victor Crumb, because in the books, I kind of liked how he's portrayed as this very kind of awkward, you know, pigeon-toed guy that doesn't really talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. But he likes Hermione because he, you know, she's into books and he thinks that's cool. But he, but he also has this, like, athletic talent that only shows up on the field. But in, in the movie, he's like, Uber bro. Yeah. Like, incredible athlete guy that, mm-hmm. that the girls are all trailing around. Yeah, he's like a beefcake. He's like, oh, yeah. It's the smoldering looks. and Right, yeah. And he's like, I, I don't know why these people aren't hitting on this Hermione. She's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, why is everybody acting like she's some weird, bad-looking person? <laughs> yeah, at the end, when they're like, oh, we're all misfits. I'm like, I mean, are you? Yeah. Like, are, you, are, you, are, you? are you? Yeah, I mean, you've got like... You know, the star athlete, right? And then... Who's also like the most famous guy in the world for defeating the ultimate boss. That's right. And inherited a lot of money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you've got a Weasley, and maybe it's the worst Weasley or the second worst Weasley, but like it's still a family that has their own personality. They're around. And they run shit, you know? Yeah, and then there's Hermione, who's super smart. Like, so are they really the misfits? I don't think they are, yeah. Didn't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird, too. Like, that the scene that they made were like... They were all, when they found Crouch Sr., and except in this, he was dead instead of just like stunned or something. And yeah. they were like they never going explained. camping or yeah. something. Yeah, none of that was ever explained. They never said why is why was Crouch just laying there dead. Yeah. And they never explained why. How, well, they, okay, so they sort of did. Because remember, Mad Eye Moody comes up and like gets in Crouch's face, and then they, they leave and leave him there. Okay, I guess, yeah, you can imply later on that that's because that Moody killed him. Yeah, though it's never said. And and they never talk about how Barty escaped from Azkaban. They just, like, he just did, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they never, they, like, all that stuff with his, like, father is all gone. Yeah, one thing I noticed was that in the final challenge, Crumb gets, uh, whatever, the Imperia is cursed. Yeah. And attacks Fleur, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then in the next scene, they're all sort of hanging out together. Yeah. Did nobody mention that that he like ganked Fleur? That nobody's mentioned it, and and it's not. I don't think they explained that it was like we know that he was Imperius cursed because we read the book. Yeah. But if you were watching this movie, would yeah. you know that Victor Crumb was Imperius? Yeah, you'd think he just blasted her. Mm-hmm. Like he does, yeah. And he got like creepy zombie eyes. Yeah, his yeah. eyes were a little weird. It's true. And he like got up in Harry's face and was like, "Man, no, I'm gonna keep going." 
one of the which was which was very eerie. So at least that kind of like tonally fit, I guess. Um, but one of the things that they did that I didn't like is they made Crouch Jr. They didn't do it like it was where he was sent to Azkaban and he was just somebody who was like caught up in it and it was terribly tragic. Like they didn't have any of it. He was just the bad guy. Right, yeah. Bad, <laughs> made bad, bad the whole I time. I thought it was honestly kind of funny because, you know, David Tennant is really good. Yeah. But he was swinging for the fences with this role, right? Like uh-huh. he, was, he was at a 10 the whole time. Uh-huh. And he's like sort of sitting in the crowd and then the guy names him. Like he's a, works for the Dark Lord. And then he starts like gibbering and spitting and like sticking his tongue out like the Joker. Yeah. Like, wow, 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 wow. like really? You guys didn't suspect this guy? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, is this how he normally is? Because I'm pretty sure this is a, this is a bad guy. Well, yeah. you saw that they made that tick where he like sticks out his tongue. That was a thing so that Barty Crouch Sr. recognized him even though he was disguised as Mad-Eye Moody. Oh. Yeah, no, his dad saw that. it and was like, so I did but notice I did that. Nothing. I thought Brendan Gleeson and David Tennant were both doing the same kind of ticks and twitches, which if you know, if you, as I did, the ending, it's, it's actually noticeable. They act the same a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, which was really point. cool. Yeah. I also want to complain about the maze at the end. I thought it was super lame. Like, I know I, I know it would have been super expensive and timely to animate a bunch of the things that, like, Harry encountered in the maze, but... The maze was boring. Um, the maze was really boring. It was just like it would shift and sometimes the trees would eat you or something. It was really lame. Yeah. D- Dumbledore tried to like make it like, oh, no, you're the monster in the maze yeah. or something. Yeah, you may find yourself in the maze. It was so dumb. If yourself is a bunch of roots that pull you underground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was disappointed that we didn't get to see the blasted end screws. I, mm-hmm. I was disappointed we didn't get to see giant spider. I love giant spiders. Yeah. I and mean, they've done giant spiders before. They had that in their like portfolio yeah this, this was post lord of the rings they could have probably like pulled that back out you know like whatever it takes like the, the second, animation yeah, yeah. The, the, the model files they could probably just, bring it back they probably could they would just all they do is cgi daniel Radcliffe's face over whatever the frodo baggins guy's name is no it's even no, in the, it's in the, the movies movie. yeah remember it's in uh, the second movie oh you're right they have the spiders they do have those giant spiders. spiders yeah they already have that shit wow yeah dang that's i'm really disappointed i love giant spiders I know. Well, they didn't have the cool one where Mad-Eye Moody was Imperius cursing that that one spider. Yeah, we got that scene. That wasn't even a spider, though. There was some kind of what weird thing it? with claws. And he implied that it was uh, had a deadly poison, though. We never really figured out what it was. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. It was a cool scene. It's one of many cool scenes. I think I... It's I, like standalone scenes. I think I would agree that that was a really... Like the, the class... The, 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 what's it? The unforgivable curse classroom scene i think that was pretty well done i, I like that one uh the transition from like i'm joking around to and then it's t- it's terrible i thought was like pretty clean and ex- well executed mm-hmm. and you got a really good sense of what kind of teacher mad i was too which i think was very true to the way the books had it like because you're you're in that scene you're like this guy's fucking creepy but he knows what he's talking about yeah for sure well done i thought agreed so, so how does it rank <sighs> this is that's a good question. Let me think about that. I think this might be the best movie, but I think that the other three movies were not very good. I'm trying to remember. Like the, the first two were definitely... Uh, the first one... No, the first the, one was okay. The first right? one always gets a bump from me because it has the novelty. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Right. The first one's pretty good. Uh, the second one was not great. Mm-mm. I still rank number two as the worst. I think you're right. Chamber yeah. of Secrets, yeah. So two is the worst, but is this one or the first one better? I'm trying to think of that. I think maybe the first one was the best. Well, so. What about The Prisoner of Azkaban? There was a lot of really enjoyable stuff in there. Although I'm also just such a huge fan of the actor who played Lupin. 
too. Yeah, that was actually Thule- pretty good. Thule's? Oh, yeah, yeah, David Thewlis. Thewlis, yeah. And, of course, Gary Oldman. Who is uh, serious. serious, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And was barely in this. Yeah, just like his fire face. CGI face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that fire face was not very good. No. <laughs> I think I couldn't tell if our if our movie was a little off or if like World of Warcraft was just part. really poorly in sync <laughs> when he was talking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think this was the best one, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So you'd say four, one, three, two? Yeah, four, one, three, two. Yeah. I think I'd probably I'd probably have to say the same thing, I think. I'd go three, four, one, two. Three, four, one, two? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff, but it's just, it, I couldn't, I can't get past how much it left out and the significant changes it made. Yeah, that's, if I hadn't read the books, I would have fallen asleep because I would not have been able to follow anything that was going on. You know, that's a good point. Like, if I were to rank this as like, a, the, see, I'm thinking of it in terms of the scenes in this movie that I liked, that mm-hmm. I liked, that were enjoyable. But as a cohesive movie, it was actually pretty bad. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot but, of stuff didn't make sense. Like, I think this movie was... I know you were saying that you you thought they did a solid job directing. I think the opposite. I think they did, the director kind of fucked this up. I blame the writing. Yeah, I, I think that the script is just overstuffed. Because I, I think what he did with the actual scenes was good. You know. Yeah, I, did, I think what they did with Dumbledore was inexcusable, though. Hmm. They made him so bad. This is this, was this the first movie where they had they had this actor as Dumbledore? Or is I the think second so. One? I think this was the first one. Michael Gambon. I, I think. can't remember if he swapped out in this one or the other one, but yeah, uh, this. To me, this was the worst Dumbledore so far, and I, I, I think that's a writing problem and a directing problem, honestly. Because like the way he was, they, the way he was written, he didn't have any of his like funny throwaway lines at all. Yeah, there was but, nothing good about him. Yeah, and then he sucked. Yeah, he sorry, suck. no, that's good. <laughs> I'm yeah. very indignant because <laughs> Dumbledore is an important character to me. Yeah, I, I, the more I think about it, the more I don't think it was possible to make this be a good movie. But how much happens in the book? Because yeah, this, well, this, this is the first of the long books, too. Uh, they were almost too faithful, I think. The only way to make this would be to cut out, like, a lot of stuff, you know? Because mm-hmm. there's a whole... There's, like, the, the three tasks for the Triwizard Tournament, and then yep. there's the Quidditch Cup stuff, and there's the Rita Scooter stuff, and there's the buddy ship with Cedric Diggory, and then there's the the resurrection of Voldemort, right? Yeah. And you have to have the resurrection of Voldemort, because that leads into all the other movies. So you could have taken out the Quidditch stuff. You could take out Rita Skeeter, even though I love her. Uh, you could take out maybe one of those tasks. Just the take out the Charles Trim altogether. <laughs> right? Why well, is it called the Goblet of Fire? The very last scene, Harry Potter's like, by the way, Professor Dumbledore, what is that thing on the shelf over there? That's the Goblet of Fire, Harry. <laughs> and <laughs> and <it's>... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'd be pretty good. Oh, something else occurred to me. I but I mean, if they took out everything out except the Triwizard Tournament and the Voldemort showing up, mm-hmm. you know, like they take out Mad Eye Moody, for instance, even though the guy did a good job, then that that would have cut out like a lot of time. It, it'd be difficult to do. Well, actually, they mostly did, right? I was going to say it'd be difficult to do like the the plot that was that unfolded in the book without Barty Crouch and Mad Eye Moody, Moody, but they basically did that in the movie anyway. Yeah, they did. <laughs> like he did, like. Yeah, they, they oh man, they they really fudged up that plot a little bit, didn't they? But I mean, they had to. I guess they didn't have a choice. Yeah, yeah, they did probably the best they could under the circumstances. Yep. Yeah, it, the the whole movie felt like they were just barreling through it as fast as they could, you know. Um, and that's probably why it was incomprehensible if you didn't read the books. Yeah. 
it's how I felt about Game of Thrones at some points is I felt like this is really hard to understand and when it gets to that point it's like it's just the best most high budget cosplay of the thing because <laughs> they're not actually doing it they're just sort of showing up and and be embodying the characters and having really good costumes and but you know it doesn't make any sense unless you know who they are mm-hmm. uh, the costumes are great yeah. really good and the sets and everything mm-hmm. the design continues to be stellar in these movies mm-hmm. it's true all right. Well, that's a wrap on Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. As is our want, we're going to be returning to our other podcast, The Dragon Reread, which is, covers Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series. And then we'll be back for book five in Harry Potter, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. I am Alice Sullivan. That's at LSM Sullivan on Twitter or Lubonic Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Mike Sparkman. I don't have any of those things. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can also reach us at hello at mwapodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please share this with anyone who you think will like this. Please give us good reviews. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillopodcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Finite Finite Podcast. Podcast.